Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach David Bartke here. Today is Sunday, May 27th, 2018, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, your weekend daily dose of happy, and we are celebrating the uh, uh, tremendous success of the ebook that we uh, released over the weekend throughout this Memorial Yay. Day weekend. Yeah, we've been offering <laughs> it as a free ebook, and uh, we dominate we're dominating one of the categories we've been there practically since the book got re uh, officially released on friday and we actually touched number one in a second category so it's been pretty good people have been downloading steadily last count there are about 425 people who'd taken advantage of the off of the offer so you know we're we're scoring points where we're, we're reaching people and people are liking what they're seeing enough to at least download it and, and take a read so hopefully this is the beginning of you know good things to come Absolutely. And how long will it be in the free, where people can get it for free? Is that a certain amount of time? Or? Yes. Yeah, that's tilt. Well, as as a standalone, in other words, you just get this one free and nothing else. That's uh, available through the end of the Memorial Day weekend. So tomorrow at midnight, so like midnight oh, of I Tuesday see. morning, so to speak, it will no longer be available after that point. So you want to, if you haven't downloaded your copy yet, you want to uh, do it either today or tomorrow. And uh, for those who are in the U.S., well, actually, for anybody in any of the major countries that Amazon uh, provides and supplies to, if you go to our homepage at LOAToday.net, you'll see a picture of the cover. And clicking that will take you to the U.S. site. Plus, you will also see below that um, hyperlinks to each of the major countries that uh, Amazon sources to and uh if you are in one of those countries which most listeners are then just you know pick on your country and, and you'll be able to download it without e without any problems um in most cases if it's not if your country isn't on the list but you're like right next door you're a close neighbor of one of the countries most often you can also get in that way um i've actually come up with a solution for people who live in countries that are not served by any of the major amazon sites and I haven't put anything on the homepage of LOAToday.net. I will eventually do that. Um, for the moment, you can actually find a link to that through the Facebook group that is called Law of Attraction Changed My Life. I posted about it there uh, early this morning. And uh, it basically is a way for you, if you uh, have a, an Android or an iPhone, you can download some free software for uh, opening what they call a Mobi file, which is a form of... of um, ebook uh format that you can get and then i've created a moby form of the of the uh the book itself it's not perfect formatting like the amazon book is it's a little bit funky it's part of what you deal with when you when you use a third-party you know freebie kind of software but at least it's readable and anybody who can't get the ebook just because they happen to live in like a third world country or something um that isn't serviced by one of the major uh country pro provider areas for Amazon, they can still get a copy of the book. And that's what we really want. We want everybody who wants to have a copy to have one. So we're doing everything we can to make it possible for everyone to have a copy. And then what happens, anyone who's listening to this after the free period, how can they get it after that? After the free period is up, it will be available on sale through the Amazon sites for $2.99. Um, if you buy the paperback version, which goes for US fourteen ninety nine, you can then get the ebook for free. So it's still possible to get the free ebook, but after Monday, the only way to do that is by also buying a copy of the paperback, which some people like to do. 
I mean, Wendy yeah. and I were talking about this on Friday, how you know, pe- people often like to have a physical book in their hands. A lot of people have bought into the electronic revolution. You know, some of them have uh, Kindles or uh, tablets or whatever. Some of them just like to read on their phones. Um, I, I do both, actually. But there are some people who just prefer to have, you know, the physical book in their hands. They, they like to, you know, get the highlighter out and do the highlighting and all that, that kind of stuff. So, you know. And it still, you know, it still makes a great coffee table book. And it people does. still do that. They still have some coffee table books out because you can really turn to any page. And well, for those who don't know, what's the title of the book? The book is entitled Your Daily Dose of Happy and in subtitled Real Success Stories of the Law of Attraction. Yes, and if you just search on Amazon Your Daily Dose of Happy, it comes up. It comes up very quickly, yeah. yeah. But it's a, it's a great gift as well, like a physical gift to anybody yeah. who's into Law of Attraction. And um, it's filled with wonderful stories of people who have manifested things through the use of law of attraction that they were aware of because obviously law of attraction is always responding to us but these are people who know about it and who share their stories and it's, yeah. it's so interesting and i really think anybody who's into the law of attraction or esther hicks or even kind of knows about law of attraction i think it would really interest them because the stories are so interesting and it's so easy to get now. It is. Very yeah, easy. It's very easy, and, and they are interesting. I mean, that was one of the nice things about being the editor of the book, because I obviously got the chance to read all the stories as I'm editing them. That's part of, you know, the, the, the extra benefit, the bonus that you get when you're the editor. And it was it was fun helping the book come together, shaping it, you know, turning it into what it is. And in the process, I discovered there really are a lot of different perspectives about how the law of attraction works. Um, yeah. And a lot of different experiences, different backgrounds, different different things that people focus on. It's amazing how everybody has not only their own perspective, but they think about different things. They they think about you know how to leverage the law of attraction differently from each other. And in, in many uh-huh. cases, in some of the cases, the stories were about events that happened before the people who wrote the stories even knew what the <laughs> law of attraction was. <laughs> well, one of mine. I, now that the book is out, I can kind of share a little bit. My, the ones, the stories that I chose to write about were real estate oriented. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, one of mine, um, I knew about the law of attraction at the time, but not as deeply as I do now. Uh-huh. And it's still, <laughs> it still quote worked and got me into a place that I never thought I could get into. By a place, you mean a, an actual place, a place to live, not just a, an emotional yeah. place. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It still got me into an apartment in an area of New York City that is just really exclusive. And at the time, I never thought that I could afford to get into that area. And I did <laughs> very oh, yeah. pretty easily. Yeah, it yeah. Was pretty easily. So anyone who reads that story, it's a really interesting story. Yeah, the Upper West Side Central Park. That's a very desirable neighborhood. That's a cool story. How Central you Central Park that. West? Yep. Yeah, Central Park West, right across from the park, exactly where Beautiful I was. Beautiful place. Yeah. In a in a building that technically I you know at the time I wasn't able to afford, but <laughs> knowing how the law of attraction works, I did not let that stop me. <laughs> you you learned well from Michael Beckwith. He would have been proud to know that yes. you used it. <laughs> That is true. That is true. <laughs> so how has your Memorial Day weekend been? Have you done anything really fun or it, or to borrow your own yeah. phrase? Have you had any really energy-raising food? <laughs> <laughs> energy-raising. I always have energy, high vibration energy-raising foods. Let me think. Uh, you know, I did 
I found these uh, things at the market. They're these little mini, they're like mini ice cream sandwiches, okay? Because oh. <laughs> lately I've been um, more aware of how I'm eating because, you know, I, I want to lose 10 pounds, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not depriving myself of some goodies because I, I do have a sweet tooth. But I found these really, they're probably like the size of a quarter. And just envision an ice cream sandwich, but that size. So I could have two of those, and it's still, <laughs> it makes me feel, <laughs> it makes me, <laughs> don't make me laugh. It makes me feel like I had like a real dessert, and I, it, it works. So, you know, I think two was like maybe 100 calories. And I'm like, that's good enough for me. <laughs> that's so, great, though. And they taste really good. They taste, so far I've had the vanilla, and there's one that's raspberry. And uh, they're both, like, really good, and they satisfy, you know, my sweet tooth in the moment. And uh, it's helping me have, you know, eat reduced calories, even though I know we read the part in this book about weight. (laughs) (laughs) But but I'm still following that, too. Like, when I eat eat them, I'm like, oh, these are so good. They're nourishing Mm. my body. And they just taste so good. Like I'm keeping it all positive, you know, instead of like, you know, how many people punish themselves when they, when they eat a dessert and tell themselves, oh God. That's the worst thing you can really do to yourself because now you're just setting yourself up no matter what you do to have a bad result. Yeah. You don't need that. That's right. Like, like a few chapters ago when when we, (laughs) remember they were taught, they were using, actually they were using ice cream as one of the examples. They were, yes. We kept saying poor ice cream (laughs) because they were using it. And they were talking about the same, someone could eat a thousand gallons of ice cream who's enjoying it and loving it. And someone else could eat it who's thinking, oh, my God, this is making me so fat. And that person is going to gain the weight and the other mm-hmm. person isn't. Right. So that was kind of an interesting, interesting analogy. So I've been, I've been using a lot of that since we read it. And it's, it's very helpful. Very That's helpful. good. That's very good. Yeah. 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 So well, speaking speaking of foods, win. I mean, I, I actually had some really good food yesterday. Uh, Louise and I drove down to the coast in Rhode Island, a place near in uh, Narragansett, Rhode Island, uh, right on the coast. It's called the Coast Guard House, and literally, it's what it sounds Ooh. like. It was it's a house. Is it on the water? It's right on the water, right on the ocean. Yep. Um, and it's it's now a restaurant. Obviously, it's no longer you know the Coast Guard, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the food is delicious. I had a lobster roll, and anyone from the Northeast knows what a lobster roll is. It's just it's like a hot dog bun chock full of lobster, and and usually like a little sauce or mayonnaise or something, and just oh, very very delicious. And a nice big bowl of New England clam chowder, which is I'm sorry, it's the best clam chowder in the world. Nobody else has better <laughs> clam chowder than New England does. It's just it's a law. It was passed a number of years ago. No, seriously, <laughs> it, the clam chowder here is is the best. That's all there is to it. It really is. So yeah, it was it was really good. Oh, and then you mentioned ice cream. We went out for ice cream afterward, and I had yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had chocolate fudge over chocolate brownie ice cream. So I choc I it was oh, death by God. chocolate. Yeah, it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I hope when you were eating it, you were just focusing on how yummy it was. <laughs> I was thinking just how much David would think that this was really high vibrational food. <laughs> no, I was just good. Enjoying that's it. good. <laughs> that's better than thinking, oh my God, I just ate a thousand calories. <laughs> I never ever think that when I'm eating ice cream. Ice cream is sacred as far as I'm concerned. 
No, I'm serious. I just I refuse to oh think of it God. in terms of it being something that was, you know, oh, God, I, I so regret it. Why, what's the point of eating it if you're going to regret it? That's the way I look <laughs> at it. You know, last summer, I had the best flavor ice cream. It was hot chocolate ice cream. And it even had, it had like the little marshmallows in it. And it was the best flavor I ever had. You told me <laughs> so, about that. I still don't know how you managed to have ice cream that remains the consistency of ice cream and is hot at the same time. I don't understand that. No, I mean, it's not hot. They just, they just call it hot chocolate ice because it tastes, it tastes like that. It has the chocolate. It tastes like a hot chocolate, but cold. It's like, it, it, it has a little marshmallows and the cocoa flavor and it was just like <laughs> so good. And I'm going to go back this summer to the same place and I hope they have it. <laughs> so I, so I, sure. I guess, yeah, it's probably more romantic to call it that than to call it cold chocolate. That doesn't sound so good, does it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was just really good. So I'm hoping to go back there again and report that they have it again. <laughs> and it was just as good. Oh, okay. All right. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. So what other wins? So you, you had wonderful food. Our book went number one. Those are great wins. What else? Anything mean, else to report? You mean that's not enough? That's <laughs> that's, enough that, that feels like a I'm week sure right there. More. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's been quite the week. It really has been, um, especially considering we had a, a couple times where we had to cancel the show entirely this past week. Um, there was one yeah. morning where I had no power, which makes it kind oh, of no. hard to broadcast because the computer won't put out to the internet where there's no power. I mean, the computer is actually running. It runs on a battery, but there's no internet connection. So I oh, couldn't put goodness. out the internet connection. So unfortunately, um, it was uh, Tom Wells that day, and, and Tom and I couldn't do a show. That was on Monday. Um, but, uh, you know, little bumps and bruises like that happen along the way. That's just par for the course. For the most part, it was a good week. I mean, was your week a good one too, I presume? Yeah, my week was very good. Um, lots of good wins. Even today, I had a um, a new client. Today was their first paying session. Oh, and nice. It went, yeah, it went really well, and they're excited about their next one. Good. And uh, yeah, and we went to the casino, and that was fun. Oh. Uh-huh. I got a really nice, yeah, I got a really nice win, which was I always love when that happens. But as you know, I always prepay for there to be a big win. And there that, was. So that's that the was secret, good. isn't it? Whenever you, uh, I mean, not to you know steal the name of the movie, but um, whenever you go to the ca- casino, you always prepave it by well in advance. You don't do it when you're walking in the door, I presume. You do it well in advance. Both. Don't you? I do both. I know yeah. as I'm walking in too. Oh, you do both. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, and, and as I sit down, I'm always like, I want to win the most amount you could win on this machine. Like if I play a slot machine, I'll say that, mm-hmm. and I'll just get excited because I just know it's going to hit and. Yeah, so that's I think uh, the biggest this like the biggest thing I got last night was during a bonus and it paid out like three hundred and twenty dollars, which is far in excess really, of what you take. That was, yeah, that's what you. I mean, you take more than that or less than that when you go in the first place. You don't even spend more than that. Oh, exactly. No, that's what I'm saying. So I was yeah. like, yay! <laughs> so that was really nice. I love when that happens. Yeah, and it was. I think it was only I only spent a dollar on the spin. So it was like, wow. <laughs> so that was great. And uh, that was just really fun. Even aside from the win, we just had a really good time. So that was a really nice win. Sure. Yeah. And, I, I've uh, told Wendy, by the way, about how good you are at the casino. And she's impressed. <laughs> but she also told me about a really cool time when she and her friend went to the horse races because her friend Ooh. kept telling her how much money she she kept winning at horse races. 
And so yeah, she wanted to go and see how she did it. So the, the two of them went, and so she, she says to her friend, so how do you pick them? You know, I, I, like, do you, do you know the horses? I mean, do you know the jockeys? How, how do you know? She says, oh, no, I don't know anything about that. Well, how do you do it? I just pick the horse whose name I like. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> so. Okay. Wendy basically did the same thing, and uh, I guess Wendy won. I'm not sure exactly how many races she won, but she broke even for the night, which in horse racing is really good because most people yeah, lose a lot of money in horse racing. And her friend won six out of ten races. <laughs> wow, that's amazing! <laughs> Just by going whichever you know horse name felt good. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I haven't tried horse racing yet. <laughs> it, it's amazing, but... though. I mean, you think about it because. I mean, clearly, when she said that she goes with whatever name she likes, what she really means is which one feels good to her. Yeah. That, that's really what she's doing. Yeah. She's checking it out on a feeling basis. And apparently she has some pretty good intuitive connection to her inner being. So the messages come through fairly well, I guess. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, so, if it's working for her, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I thought you'd appreciate it because uh, your your method is not all that different from what her, her method is. You just do it in a different venue. Yeah. I mean, I just prepay the, not the lot that I'm going to have a really good time because that's the main point of going for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, that why not, you know, if I'm going to go, why not win as big as I can? And, you know, sometimes I go and it's less than other times. Sometimes it's more than other times. But uh it's just fun, and you know, my parents like to go, but they're they they're at a point where they can't drive so good anymore. So mm. um, they ask me, "Okay, would you mind taking us?" You know, <laughs> it's, it's only it's only like an hour away, so it's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> so yes, yeah, so that that was fun, and yeah, it's, I had a lot of really good wins this past week. And, I, uh, I have to ask you about your parents. This now now that you brought it up, this this just yeah. raises a question in my head. Because they see how often you win. You win very regularly there. Do they ever comment on that? Yeah. Well, they just say, oh, you're so lucky. Ah. Oh, you're so lucky. Okay. And I'm like, yes, I, I agree. <laughs> keep, me, keep, me in the luck, keep me in the luck vibration. Absolutely. Yes, I am very lucky. <laughs> but they play more um, blackjack. I'm more into the... I can play blackjack, but sometimes I just like to kind of zone out and just have fun on the slot machine. Because mm-hmm. with blackjack, you have to really pay attention more and, and think more and all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yep. So to me, that feels more like work than so much fun, kind of. Sure. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. What about you? Do you ever go? Is there a casino near you? There actually is going to be one in the, sometime in the next year. They're building one very near, um, like about. 20, 30 minutes away from us. But, wow, uh, that'll be fun for you guys. Well, maybe. I mean, I have never <laughs> gone into a casino to gamble. I have gone into wow. a casino to do other things, but I've never gone into a casino to gamble. I played online. But how do you go into a casino and not gamble? Well, they have shows, and we went to one particular casino here in Connecticut uh, because there was a Dale Chihuly art exhibit, and so we wanted to see the, the Chihuly uh, glasswork because um, he's world famous for his ability to create glass artwork and you know statuettes and you know these these great big um blown glass structures they're just fabulous um let's see i mean there there are headliner shows i mean here in Connecticut you can go watch a women's basketball game because one of the the women's basketball teams is is uh, based as their home base at i believe it's the Mohican Sun uh 
casino. I mean, you when you actually go, you've got and you haven't even stepped foot into like play a slot machine or anything. No, no. I'm well. You you wow. know how they set up these casinos. They you you can't go anywhere without passing through the casino. That's by design, <laughs> right? But no, we never actually stop and, and play anything. And I'm not oh, sure. I really want time. To. It's fun. You got to do it. Uh, I am not going to do it until I feel really good about it. I want to have that good vibrational oh, okay. feeling. You know. Okay. Um, like I, I like playing online, and because I play poker, as you know, um, one of the yeah. stories in, in the book is about a poker tournament I won. And when I play, I like to be very, very relaxed. I like to play multiple tables. That's one of the fun things about playing online. You can't do that in a casino. You're playing one table. And so it's much more of a personal competition. And, you know, it's practically hand-to-hand combat if you're doing it at one table. Um, (laughs) Because, you know, the nice thing is if you're you're playing four tables, uh, which I like to do, I, I like to play four at a time. If if I'm playing four tables, even if I don't do well at three of them, if I can do well at one and get in, you know into like the top ten or something like that, I'll more than make my money oh, back and I'll come out way out ahead. You know, and how do you play four tables at once? It's just not a big that screen. Yeah, oh. it's not that difficult. It's pretty easy actually. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, <laughs> but I I'm really quick at making my decisions. It's not like I have to. Oh geez, do I which which place should I play here? I I know it within a split second of what I'm going to do. Most of yeah, the time, yeah. I mean, on, on those rare occasions where I really have to think about it, um, if I'm thinking about it cerebrally, I'm probably going to get it wrong anyway. So I usually don't spend a lot of time on that. If I think about it vibrationally, then I give myself a little more of a chance. But wasn't there wasn't there a game where you were, I think, you, something like this, you were in a low vibration, then you changed your vibration and you won the game or something? Well, that's the one that I wrote about in the book. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. that, that, right. that, that was something like that. In that tournament, I had started off poorly, actually. Um, that was a tournament where you start off with 1,500 chips, and I was down to about 700. So I lost more than half my chips. And I uh, wasn't playing yeah. real well. And I, I was playing with my head. And I, I, I had almost lost interest, and I said, you know what? This would be a really good time to try this strategy I've been thinking about of just completely relying on law of attraction, not trying to win a particular hand, but just you know using right. the, the more general approach. Um, and that's what I did. I, I, instead of trying to win a particular hand, I simply kept putting out there and, and getting really excited about and visualizing as best I could and just imagining, um, doubling my chips. I figured if I could double my chips, I'd feel good about that. And then, you know, how good would I feel? And then I'd get myself feeling really good about it. And then, you know, a few hands later, I double my chips. I'd say, okay, well, let's do it again. So, okay, now how how many chips I got? Well, I'm up to about, you know, 14, 1500 now. So I'm going to go for 3000 next. Okay. So how excited will I be when I get to 3,000? And, you know, and I just kept doing that. And I ended up playing hands that I not, would not normally have played just because it felt good. That particular hand, you know, the cards came up. They kind of sparkled a little bit in my eyes, so to speak. And I said, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm just going with the intuition, you know. Okay, I've got a 10-9 suited. Let's play it. Oh, the other guy took me all in. Well, I wouldn't normally call it, but, hey, I'm going with the intuition. So I play the intuition. Oh, my God, he's got two aces. Oh my God! I just caught a ten nine and beat him. I mean, it was that kind of a game. It was crazy, but it was pure. I was just relying. Uh, I was seeing how carefully I could just rely on the combination of intuition and you know putting out there. I want to keep doubling my chips and getting really excited about that. And it kept happening and it over and over and over again. I mean, how many times did I double up? I doubled up at least one, two, three, four, five, 
five and a half because that wasn't really a double up. Six, seven, I lost some. Double up again. Eight, yeah. nine, ten, eleven, lost some. Twelve, thirteen, fourteen times I doubled up in that tournament. Wow. I mean, it was crazy. Amazing. It was just crazy. <laughs> and I won the whole thing. <laughs> that is amazing. See what yeah. happens when you shift your vibration? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Now, can I do that hey, every time? I? I, I have not succeeded in doing that every time. I do. I still do very well. Yeah. I'm today. I was in a tournament. Yeah. Uh, I, I I was only playing half heartedly. I really didn't want to do it, but I, I was just kind of doing it for <laughs> something to do more than anything else. And right. I'm in this tournament, and I throughout the entire tournament, I was practically in last place, but I finished third out of 179 right. players, That's despite amazing. the fact I never had an accumulation of chips, but I still finished third. <laughs> <laughs> how'd you do that i don't know how you do that i'm not quite sure either to be perfectly honest i just kept surviving <laughs> I, I would win just enough to keep going just enough to keep going just enough to keep going it was bizarre <laughs> well something you did work yeah yeah yep but my, my favorite most immediate um law of attraction story at the casino at least is and you know about this one is the time that i went in and I sat down at the slot machine. At the top, it said, All right. went up to 100, 100 free spins. And I said, yes, I want to win 100 free spins. And I played that machine, and nothing happened. But the very next machine I went to, like the third spin in, I got whatever I got. And it said, you just won 100 free spins. Nice. That was yeah. That was the most like immediate <laughs> manifestation at the casino that I can think of. That mm. was like, wow. Five minutes ago, <laughs> I said, yes, I want 100 free spins. Sure. Next machine, I got 100 free spins. That was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. I, and I must have had like very, very, very little res- resistance that night about attracting that. And look what happened. It was That was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and someone someone sitting next to me said, oh, my, at that machine, said, oh, my God, I've seen that machine and played that machine so many times that I've never, ever, <laughs> ever seen it seen it give a hundred free spins and i thought well now you have you law of attraction yeah (laughs) Yeah, right (laughs) so that was that was pretty amazing like as far as like how quickly it happens that's very cool that's cool stuff yes yes so shall we get to the book i was just gonna say yes all right to the book i think we're on example nine we are in example nine yes we are we're in part two uh this is the book The Astonishing Power of Emotions, Let Your Feelings Be Your Guide, by Esther and Jerry Hicks, also known as The Teachings of Abraham. And the section two is a series of examples of of people's objections or complaints about, well, I'm having these kinds of troubles as I apply the law of attraction in my life, and all these horrible things are going on. So tell me, Abraham, what can I do differently? (laughs) Yeah. In fact, this was, like you said, uh, around example two or three, something like that, was where they talked about, I can't seem to lose any weight. And it was all about how you believe in losing weight and how you actually lose it. But this one is a even sadder one because the title of this example is, Since My Father Died, I Cannot Find My Balance. That That's pretty serious, oh. actually. That That's pretty serious stuff because, I mean, it's tough when you lose a loved one, particularly somebody that close, somebody who's your father, yeah. you know, a parent. Uh-huh. That, that's a tough loss. Um, I mean, I lost my father. Now, in my case, it wasn't quite so tough, partly because he had lived a pretty full life and partly because uh-huh. he, in the last couple months of his life, was really going through a really – I mean, he was 
I won't go through. I won't explain what all he was doing because it was right, it was not right, happy. Right. But let's just say it was a it was a blessing when he left. It, it was really mm-hmm. time, and and if he had stayed yes. around any any longer, it would have been even more miserable for him and miserable for us. So, in that sense, it was a good thing. But for somebody mm-hmm. who loses their parent younger than that, that can be really rough. That can be a very, well, very how tough old thing. Was, how old was he when he passed? Uh, let's see. Dad was uh, eighty nine when he passed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he he lived a pretty full life. Yeah. So, let's see. This is not one of the ones where they have question and answer sections. So, why don't we just do, you know, we'll, I'll do a chunk and you do a chunk and, and we'll just kind of okay, work through it that way. It. Does that sound good? All, All right. right. <clears throat> yeah. So, the example starts with the question. The question says, my father died over a year ago and I still haven't gotten over it. I really don't understand why I feel such grief. I haven't lived with him for over 20 years. Hmm. And in the recent past, I've rarely seen him, maybe once a year for the last several years, and then only for a brief visit. And even then, we didn't really have much to say. We had very little in common. So why would his death be so upsetting to me? That's a good question, really. Yeah, yeah. So here's the way they start to answer. Even while you are in your physical flesh, blood, and bone body, you are more a vibrational being than anything else. While the vibrations that you are offering today could be fresh and new because of what you are currently focused upon, most people carry many residual vibrations from past experiences, simply because it is easier to continue the vibrational momentum of a thought than it is to choose a new direction. Hmm, so we're going to get past experiences in here, okay? For example, they say, if something has been bothering you and you had been thinking about it for a few days, and then you engaged in conversation with someone who was in agreement with your complaint, and so joined you in a lengthy, detailed discussion about it, it would be much easier for the two of you to continue discussion about this uh, uncomfortable topic than to change the subject. And if others were to join you, they would most likely either be drawn into the same subject because of the intensity that the two of you had amassed, or they would get up and leave the conversation. (laughs) That could happen. But it is unlikely that they would be able to introduce another subject that was very far from the discussion that was already underway. That's true, isn't it? I mean, most of the time, even if the discussion doesn't say on one particular topic, we we always move to something closely related, and then something closely related to that, and so on and so forth. That's the human pattern, isn't it? In a similar way, as you are a child in in, in learning to offer vibration in response to the environment that surrounds you, You become set in your vibrational ways, so to speak. And because you often remain in those environments for many years, and because your parents often set the vibrational tone in your shared home, you develop patterns of thinking, of vibrating, of responding to life that you learn in those very early years. And since it is easier to continue the momentum of those vibrations than to change them, most people, even though they eventually do leave the home of their parents, take many of those vibrational habits with them. Okay, well, that's well, fairly that, accurate. Isn't that too bad to hear that? <laughs> well, yeah, but it, it's accurate, though. I mean, that's the way I think most yeah. people are. We, we are, well, it's very understandable. We are very heavily influenced by our parents, particularly for those of us who actually live with our parents, you know, throughout our childhood. Um, for somebody who, like the questioner, had been separated by from the father for 20 years it's a little bit of a different mm-hmm. scenario but nevertheless it's yeah of course we get imprinted by the, whoever raised us really whoever raises us that's our parents regardless of whether they are the blood parents and we're going to be affected by that's the vibrational tone that's, that's right wow. yeah yeah 
So while you are probably not aware of it, much of the way you respond to life today has a great deal to do with your very early awareness of physical life. In simple terms, you learned your worldview early on, and since it was easier to continue with it than to change it, your worldview really did not change very much as you moved through time. Yeah, that pretty much summarizes it. Now, this does not mean that you agreed with all of the ideas of your parents. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> right? Yep. I, I believe they yep. call that uh, rebelling against your parents. <laughs> oh, you didn't do that, well. You oh me? Do that. Only indirectly. I didn't do it directly. I, I was <laughs> I was too. I was a pretty shy kid. I really was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You may not believe it now, but I really was. Um, we are actually talking about. We are. No, we actually are talking about vibrations that are even deeper than what you would term ideas. Hmm. Concepts such as stability, safety or well-being were nurtured in your early environment, even if that environment by the standards of the world was regarded as substandard. Now, there's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. In fact, such uh, since all things are relative, your sense of well-being in life is deeply rooted in those early vibrations of your childhood, and at many unconscious levels, you have been keeping those vibrations active as you have moved through time. Since the law of attraction responds to the vibration of your being, and since your current vibrations have some active patterns, that reach far back into your past, you are, in that way, still tied to your past. And that is what happens. I mean, often we find ways that are tied in that we weren't even aware of, but you dig deeply enough, you say, oh, wait a minute, yeah, that's happened since I was a kid. However, you are a multifaceted being, and you are living a very full and active life now. So while you still maintain that vibrational basis that is rooted in your childhood, Your vibrational nature has matured and evolved such that today you are offering many vibrations that do not relate to your past. And since this has been a gradual evolution, you really haven't noticed it. So you continue to reach into the future, aligning with the new thought patterns and maintaining your stability. That is the process of evolution that all beings experience. With the death of your father, your attention shifted from your present life to your past. In other words, for a short period of time, you focused upon, you remembered, you pondered experiences from your childhood. You talked with people you had not spoken to or even thought about in years. And in the intensity of those few days, you reactivated your vibrational past, which is not a match to your vibrational now. That is why you feel out of balance. What a good explanation. Yeah, that's interesting how they put it like that. Because when you think wow. about that, it does make sense. If you're all of a sudden activating stuff from the past and you've kind of grown past that, you're going to feel out of balance. The past doesn't match up with your present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, obviously, they're saying, like, you know, when someone passes and families gather, then right. you're kind of just making that stronger. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In those moments, yes. So your life has continued to cause you to ask for more um, you have launched those continuing rockets of desire into your vibrational escrow, and you have done a pretty good job of keeping up with what you are becoming. But suddenly, with the death of your father, as you look back instead of forward, you definitely turned upstream, and that never feels good. So, okay, so there's what's going on. You want to pick it up for a while? Sure. If you are like most people, you have lived some version of the following scenario. You were born, your life caused you to identify your own desires, but your unique desires were sometimes not found to be pleasing by your parents. They tried to guide you. Sometimes you yielded. Sometimes you didn't. 
When you felt strongly about something, you prevailed. And when they felt strongly, they prevailed. But mostly you prevailed because it was your life, not theirs. But as long as you were doing things just to please them or anyone, you were out of balance. And then when you did things that matched your own desire, you came back into balance. As time went on, what your parents thought about things became less of a factor in your vibrational balance because you did not discuss things with them as much. You turn your attention to things that did not involve them, and they turn their attention to things that did not involve you. Good point there I want to mention. They said, yeah. um, let's see, where is it exactly? But as long as you were doing things just to please them or anyone, you were out of balance. Yes. Doing things just yes. to please them. I mean, how often do people do that? Like uh, a lot. Like a whole lot. <laughs> and it's amazing yeah. how often that actually becomes quite a problem. Because, you know, if you're trying to please somebody else, well, first of all, you have a problem just because you're trying to please somebody else. That's usually not a winning scenario. Because somebody who you're trying to please, inevitably, they keep moving the goalposts, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's nice. And how many times? Why don't you do this, too? Yeah. <laughs> and how many times, you know, especially with a child that is interested in doing something other than the usual career, and the parent's like, no. You oh must yeah. Do this. You must do that. I mean, yeah, that could that could totally do a whole number. Oh yeah, or, somebody was posting about that on Facebook today. Just today. No way. What were they what were they saying? Uh, it was somebody from yeah. I think it was a young lady from I don't know, I'm going to say she was from India. I'm not sure exactly where she was. But her right. parents wanted her to pursue a career in IT. And right. she hates right. IT. Mm. She wanted to pursue a career in art, but they wouldn't let her do it. So what was she supposed to do? That that was her question. How what what do I do? And mm-hmm. my reaction to her was three words: follow your bliss. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But that that's an example of somebody who she very clearly felt a strong desire to please her parents, even to the point of making herself miserable, mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. they wanted her to pursue a career that she couldn't care about. And I so can actually, she, it, I mean, if I was sitting here talking to her, if we were sitting face to face, I would explain to her how I did follow a career that I didn't enjoy, and it was a mistake. Yes, yes, yes. And by the way, it was in IT. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, it was. Yeah, yeah. But what I mean, did you? What is it? What is it that you wanted to do that you didn't? That's the problem. I hadn't figured out what I wanted to do. I uh, I had never been encouraged to figure out what I wanted to do. She actually has a great gift in that. She knows right. that she'd like to do some exactly. art. Exactly. That's a yeah. beautiful gift. I had no clue what I wanted to do. I had never explored it. I had never been given the time to explore it. You know, when you're when you go through the traditional school system, you are essentially at the mercy of whatever the teachers want you to do, assuming, of course, that you right. do what they want you to do. You know, if you're a rebel, then it doesn't make a whole lot of difference from that perspective. If you're a rebel, you got other problems. But uh, if you're playing along with the system, you're doing what the teachers want you to do and what the parents want you to do and what the administrators want you to do. And you're also uh, doing whatever the uh, lawmakers say that the curriculum says you should have to do. And you have no time to pick for yourself what it is that you want to do or to explore anything. Well, I never did. I never did explore anything on my own that I wanted to do. I remember one time, one time, this was like when I had a little tiny bit of rebellion in me for about three seconds. Right, right. (laughs) I was in sixth grade. Um, we'd gone to the library, the school library. 
I don't remember why we were there, but for whatever reason, the school, uh, the uh, the teacher had given us a little bit of freedom to kind of explore the shelves a little bit. And I remember, I don't even remember what the subject was, but I remember going to one section of the library and seeing some books there and picking up a book on a topic that was completely unrelated to anything I'd ever explored before. And I was interested in it. And I, I just started reading right there at the shelf. And I, I got like, you know, 10 pages into it. And then the teacher announced that that portion of, of uh, the activity was over. It was time to go back to our classroom. And wow. I remember feeling this sense of this deep sense of remorse that I had to leave that behind. And I never went back. I, to this day, I can't tell you what the topic was. I have no recollection of it. All I remember, remember for sure is that I found something that I really wanted to explore, and it was denied to me. Hmm. Well, when well, you get that often enough, you basically give up on the idea of finding what it is that you love. Which is really well, sad. Maybe it was being a radio show host. It might have play, been. Like, Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I can't honestly say I remember any books on that topic when I was in sixth grade, but you never know. Could have been in there somehow. Yeah. I certainly didn't know I wanted to do it until I tried to do it. When I tried doing it, I thought, oh, this is fun. Yeah. 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 I enjoy it. So you, so you did IT for a long time then? Yeah. Yeah. And I was fairly good at it too. Um. And yet, despite the fact that I was good at it, I was never right. terribly successful at it because, on the one hand, I didn't have the killer instinct that right. certain people have. And I, I won't go into it because I don't want to turn it into a negative story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but the gist of it is that other people who are in the same field would do things and offer services to clients in a way that I consider to be unethical. Ah, and mm-hmm. to this day, I will argue that they are unethical. But that was how you got yeah. the clients. And right. Right. those clients inevitably would not get what they hoped for when they paid their money. And then they would continue to buy more of it. Oh, I see. Yeah. 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 And you do that often enough. And, and I mean, I knew how to do the immoral thing. I mean, lots of people were doing it. Everybody and everybody who was, I was doing web design, I was one of the early web designers. Everybody who was doing web design was doing it. They were all offering it, but I couldn't bring myself to do it because I knew deep yeah. down it was wrong. You know, so basically, I, I fell behind. I didn't get I didn't get the big rewards that the others got because I wouldn't do something that I thought was wrong. Yes, yeah. No, I always love when I hear um, someone who's very successful at something, and they're like, "Oh yeah, my parents really supported me and." in wanting to do this and they were there for me i think mm. i'm like wow that's just so amazing that's you know, great that, yeah yeah like i was just reading um there's an actress anna faris mm-hmm. and she, you know she's pretty successful and she wrote a book i just read the book which was really good really funny as well and she was talking about her parents were like that mm. like they you know they were like encouraging her to be an actress and mm. Wow, that's and great. All that. Like she yeah, she had that and I thought, wow, I I love hearing that that you know because so many times you hear the opposite, especially with something creative, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh no, you you can't do that. You must be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever <laughs> it is. And so it's so nice when you do hear that a parent was really supportive of whatever their child wanted to do and, mm. and it all worked out. And I think, wow, that's great. I love hearing that. Well, I, I can't say that my parents were forcing me to become a doctor or a lawyer or something like that, because they weren't. They were certainly willing to be supportive of whatever I wanted, but supportive didn't include having lots of opportunity to just experiment with stuff and try things out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, so let me continue here. Then it goes on. It is always easier to establish and maintain the balance of your vibration when you are not trying to integrate into the mix what other people want from you. Mm -hmm. And if you will take the time to bring your vibrations into alignment, then the law of attraction won't bring people into your experience who are out of alignment with you. But if you are not in alignment with yourself, you can attract quite an interesting mix of others. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah, yeah. It is It is a common thing for a person to feel relief as they leave one uncomfortable environment, but then before they establish their vibrational balance, they plunge headlong into another relationship that has similar components to the last. Boy, is that often, the truth. That's right. Often a girl who has a very controlling father will physically leave that environment only then to marry a very controlling husband. Yep. So although the faces and places have changed, her overall experience remains the same. Yep, that's true. That's what and that's so interesting because the, the cliche thing, which they say is always true, is how girls always marry their fathers. And boys marry their mothers, yep. And boys marry their mothers. So it's kind of interesting yep. how they explain it here as to the reason why that happens. It's also a good explanation as to why so many relationships end up pretty messed up. <laughs> right, right. And why so many people who leave one relationship keep attracting the same kind of person. That's right. Yeah. yeah. All right, let me continue. Now, mm-hmm. let's consider the vibrational components of your relationship with your father in connection with upstream-downstream. While your relationship with your father has changed through time and your vibrational balance regarding it has continually evolved, You have no choice other than to begin right where you are. It is likely that you will recognize many of the thoughts that will emerge during this process as things that you have thought about in the past, things that have been lying dormant, so to speak, but have reemerged now that your father has died. It's important to understand that the fact that you are feeling emotions around the thoughts now means they are active now. And if the emotions that you are feeling are uncomfortable, that means the thoughts that are causing them are pointed upstream and any upstream thoughts are running counter to your natural direction and the evolution of your being. So it's very helpful to soften those thoughts, find relief and get your boat flowing in the direction of who you really are. That's your goal with this process. So here are some examples of some thoughts that I guess are more upstream Mm -hmm. and they are, I feel out of sorts. I'm truly depressed. I wasn't ready for the death of my father. I had no control in that. I'm sorry I didn't spend more time with him. Neither of us really enjoyed spending time with with the other. I don't actually know what he was thinking. I don't know what he really wanted. I wish his life could have been more satisfying to him. That was actually a little bit more upstream there. That that last one was just a little tiny bit. Yeah, as it went on, it felt a little better, yeah. So then it goes on. These thoughts are a true depiction of how you currently feel, and all of them are clearly pointed upstream. And there is nothing wrong with that. That's funny, because you and I thought some of them sounded a little bit more downstream. Well, it wasn't downstream, but the last one was kind of starting to turn the boat a little bit. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Under the circumstances, it is normal. But even so, you are not going with the flow of your being. So try to find thoughts that give you relief. And here are some examples of thoughts. That will give them relief. I always wanted a better relationship with my father. I should have tried harder. I don't know what I should have done differently. We didn't have a bad relationship, 
I'm not sure we even had what you would call a relationship. Now, that's more like a boat that's rocking. It's like, on the one hand, on the other hand, on the one hand, on the other <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, they go on to say, not much improvement yet, but your desire to find relief is growing, and you are gathering a bit of momentum that could pay off, so keep going. Uh-huh. And here's some examples of it, of you, someone continuing to get more downstream. Okay. Our relationship was what it was, and we are only the facet of each other's multifaceted lives. I wasn't born to live my life for him, nor was he born to live his life for me. Maybe nothing went wrong. Ooh. Maybe it just was what it was. Okay. So you're feeling now, I don't better. know about you all, but I don't think my mind would go to, we are only one facet of each other's multifaceted lives. Well, it depends on how <laughs> negative your relationship <clears throat> seemed to you. If, you. if the relationship seemed negative enough, you might be there, and that might actually be a somewhat upstream thought, like being in depression yeah. and reaching for frustration. Frustration is still negative, but it's a whole lot better than depression. But I mean those words facet, like my mind went in. <laughs> faceted, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems like too, like, huh? <laughs> but whatever. So then it goes on. You are feeling better. You have stopped paddling upstream for the moment. And then it goes on. But still, I wish I could have this, this, this. Upstream, try again. Then it goes on. This was an important basis of my experience, but there has been so much more. I'm thankful for the early basis that my parents provided. I cannot go back and relive my life. I don't want to go back and relive my life. So that's better. There's, yeah, they're saying better, but keep going. Okay. Here's, some more down, here's more downstream. There are so many things I could think about. There are many positive aspects to my life experience. My past will always be part of me, but my now is what matters the most. Mm-hmm. I'm quite happy about the way my life is unfolding. I dig it off to a pretty good start. Yeah, that's much better now. Yeah, that's much better. Much better. Now, do we have time to continue here? Yeah, we got plenty of time. Okay. Then it goes on. There may be different layers to vibrations that will surface, but now you know what to do when they do. Often when a parent dies, your own sense of mortality is is awakened, and a feeling of life is too short begins to surface. There are endless scenarios that may occur that could cause you to feel moments of discomfort, but your work, whenever that happens, is to recognize that an uncomfortable thought is upstream. And now, just reach for a thought that feels a little better. Often, it's not until the death of a parent that you take the time to bring your vibrations into alignment. Since a very strong basis of your vibrational offering began back while you were living at home with your parents, it's very common for many patterns of thought that hinder you today to be tied to that period of your life. Often, the death of your parent can be a major turning point in your own life experience if you will take the time to identify those uncomfortable thoughts and turn them downstream into feelings of relief. Years of unrecognized patterns of resistance can easily be released through this process. It is our expectation that you will reach the place where not only will you feel better than you ever than ever in your now, but you will have established such a clear vibrational connection with your with the being you have evolved to that you'll be reviewing your childhood and your past through those eyes of connection. And then your childhood recollections will be the sweetest memories you have always wanted them to be. And here are some, I guess these are going to be downstream thoughts. Mm-hmm. I had a wonderful childhood. It was so good in many ways. I appreciate my parents who gave me the avenue into this wonderful life. They provided the avenue and then set me free 
to create my own life experience. Life is good. There are many things that happen in life that have the potential of producing strong negative emotions in you as you focus upon them, and the majority of those things are completely outside of your control. You cannot prevent your father's death, and you cannot change his personality either. But by developing the pattern of always reaching for the best feeling thought you have access to right now, by caring about the way you feel and deliberately turning in the direction of your natural current, you can live a joyous experience regardless of the circumstances that surround you. And I, I think that part is really important, that yeah. last sentence. Yeah, it is. Because what we're really trying to do is get back into balance. That's what the questioner was doing. They wanted to, they, they were out of balance because of the father's death, and they want to get back into the balance. And they're basically summarizing there, how do you do it? Well, you do it by one little step at a time, changing the content of your story, which is right. a very valuable lesson. And it's, it's one I still try to practice when I can remember to do it. I don't always remember. I wish I did. I mean... Um, I, I've actually been studying law of attraction now for over 10 years. I, I, I've, I think I said in the book it was um, just under 10 years, but I realized this weekend I, I, I shorted myself a year. <laughs> oh, no, you have to rewrite that page. <laughs> yeah, right. Because um, I, I said that I had been study, I'd seen The Secret in November 2008, and I was realizing it was actually November 2007. And the way I knew oh, that, wow. we talked about the, the passing of a parent. My father died in March 2008 about five months after I first got exposed to it. And I was very new to it. And I remember, this is what cued in my mind. This is how I put the time frame together. I remember wishing I understood the law of attraction better so I could help my dad. Ah. Uh, mm -hmm. Because of mm -hmm. what he was going through. Yeah. Wow. So that, that's yeah. how I knew that I actually saw the movie in 2007. But um, Yes. Yes. But I love, there's so much hope in that sentence. You can live a joyous experience regardless of the circumstances that surround you. And it and comes down to the powerful. practice. That's very powerful. Well, it is, very yeah. Powerful. It comes down to practicing that upstream-downstream thing. I mean, I, I actually need to focus more on that. I, I, I mentioned how long I've been practicing this stuff as a, as a sort of preamble to say, despite the fact that I've been doing it now for about 10 and a half years, I still need more practice in deliberately focusing on whether my comments are upstream and downstream and then transitioning them. You yeah. know what I mean? So uh, you know what? That to me though is a lifelong uh, awareness that I think we all have to have. I really do. Oh yeah. I don't think that, I don't think that that'll just go away. I think we always have to be aware of where our thoughts are at. Can we improve them? And if so, take action to doing that. I really do. And we can always improve them, but funnily enough, there are times where if I'm in the upstream mode and I'm, you know, everything coming out of my mouth or coming through my head is like uh, 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 that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how hard it is to find something that's even slightly downstream. And I haven't really got a good technique down yet. I mean, I, I have all these different processes that I do processes that right. you guys have taught me processes that I picked up on my own and so forth. Um, you know, the Jack Canfield mirror exercise and so forth. All these various things, and they're all really helpful. Are you still doing that one? Are you still doing the mirror? Oh yeah, yep, yeah. Excellent! I actually, wow, Excellent. yeah. I've been doing it since uh, February 18th, I think it was. So yeah, I know it's been a while now. It's been you know three months, three more than three months. It's been good. Um, but the thing that I haven't figured out yet, I haven't come up with a good process for. I'm in a 
you know, well, first of all, it doesn't happen very often anymore. But today right, I did actually. Right. I was for for a while today. I was not in a good mood. I was not. I wasn't in a terrible right. mood. I wasn't depressed or anything like that. I wasn't in rage or anger. But I was kind of down a little bit, and I kind of forgot about the idea of going from upstream to downstream. And even if I had remembered it, I'm not sure I could have found thoughts that would be slight improvement, slight improvement, and get myself to do that. So I'm wondering, do you use the, the upstream-downstream method with your clients? And if your clients have trouble transitioning, how do you help them? Oh, I absolutely use it. You know, I explain what it is and how they can use it in their life. Um, well, what you're talking about, I would just, I mean, there's so many things you could do. You, you could just, in those moments, just think of something random that you enjoy doing. So not necessarily related enjoyed- not necessarily related to whatever it is that, that I'm down about, just something, anything. As a matter of fact, I would, yeah, I would recommend if you're that down, don't, yeah, exactly. Get off that topic for sure. And just think about something you enjoy doing and why you enjoy doing it. And then think of something else you enjoy doing and why you enjoy doing it. And then think of something else you enjoy doing and why you enjoy doing it. And such, you know, and do that for a little bit. And that alone will, def- in that moment, will definitely help you feel a little better, a little bit higher on the vibrational scale. And yep. then maybe from That's there, good. yeah, then maybe from there you could go back and ask yourself, well, what do I want then regarding whatever it was you were feeling down about and get lost in thoughts about what you want? That, that, that's an interesting approach because I, I think that's actually what I did without realizing it. It was unintentional, um, probably because I've been mostly in a good frame of mind lately, so it was fairly easy to bob yeah. back up. But nevertheless, yeah. I, I went through a good portion of the day feeling down like that, and I realized that I, I, I wished I had some way to turn it around. And what I ended up doing, uh, just in conversation with my wife, uh, I just found something completely unrelated that was nice. Excellent. Just not, that was yeah. just pleasant, and we and we we just started talking about that, and Excellent. you know that that kind of took the tension off of you know, the not so nice thing, and uh, then we had dinner, and and we were you know we were watching on something on TV, I don't remember what, but uh, then we were talking about stuff, and it was all very pleasant stuff. So we're finding you know nicer places to be in, nicer yeah. vibrational places to be in. Yeah. I mean, I can tell, I can hear in your voice. You're at a higher vibration now than when we first started. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, you helped me yeah. continue it because we're, we're doing this podcast <laughs> shortly after Louise and I had dinner, and you and I were talking before the podcast. I was telling you you know, what was going yeah. on with the book and so yeah. forth and how I, I wasn't having a really great day. And in the process, you and I were just finding more and more good things about what happened with the book and so on and so yeah. forth. And now yeah. here we are talking about this stuff, and it, it's just been like <laughs> one long continuation of the improvement of the, the downstream uh, flow of thoughts. So right. I, I guess I've been doing That's it without right. realizing it. Now, I, I, I do want to make it more of a deliberate thing so that um, next yeah. time, you know, I, yeah. I can just notice it and just go with it. And um, now that you're aware of that, you will. And I will. You will. Unfortunately, it's yeah. going to have to be next time because we're out of time for this time. <laughs> I know. All right. <laughs> but it's been a pleasure. Well, I just want to. Yes, and if anybody wants some law of attraction coaching, they can go to my website, lifecoachdavid.com, and they can contact me through there. Yeah, sounds great, David. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you next week, and we hope you all join us as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.